Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Carl Carlson. And this is Fred Schenkler. Hey, Carl. Hey, Fred. You know, I get uh, regular uh, questions on FMEA. It's part of the the joy of of my life is is, uh, seeing these really interesting questions that come in. And there's a series of questions that have come in recently on FMEA occurrence. And I thought that might make an interesting podcast topic. What do you think? Yeah, no, that works good. And and I'm sure you've already provided the people that ask the questions an answer and stuff. But as I warn people at the end of every episode is that, uh, you know, send us your questions. We'll get you an answer and it'll probably get expanded on in some podcasts <laughs> coming up. So um, no, we right. always are looking for these questions. And like you, I, I one, it, it's, it's, it's not like we're we're talking in a into a microphone in a place where it's quiet and so we don't see the audience. So hearing from you in any form is great. So little plug for that right at the start. But occurrence, um, you know, I've seen that used in all kinds of different ways, and some of them I kind of go, I am not sure about. So what was the nature of that question you you were? Yeah, the, the nature of it had to do with the uh, it had to do with the concept of occurrence. What's it? used for, it was a new a person fairly new to FMEA. Mm-hmm. And and so basically I, I turned around and linked my article on FMEA occurrence and, and sent them more information about it. But it was an opportunity to share some of the, the big issues about it. So uh, let me just tell you what uh, comes to mind there. The Because occurrence gets misused a lot in FMEA. For example, there are applications that take the occurrence ranking, even if it's subjective, which it usually is during Mm -hmm. product development, and and that's a topic I'll get to in a minute, but uh, a subjective occurrence ranking, and they basically assign failure rates to it, and then they create a reliability model from it. So there's software and applications that take the FMEA and take the logic of the FMEA and then create from it the, the beginnings of a system reliability model using the occurrence ranking as a failure rate and then creating the reliability numbers from it. And I have a lot of problem with that. Uh, so I, I made sure that that my answer, <laughs> I can see your reaction right away. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, just because you can do it doesn't mean it's useful. <laughs> yes. It's like- well, and plus, I think there must be some law in, you know, that in the universe, which is if it's easy to do, it'll be done. The, in other words, if you assume an exponential distribution, then you can take the occurrence rank and you can create reliability numbers really easily. And uh, and therefore, it gets done a lot because it's so easy to do. And it happens to be wrong in most cases. But one of the so one of the answers back, because I did like a summary of three paragraphs, one of them was on the objective of the FMEA, which is really, if it's a design FMEA, it should be to improve the design. Or improve the tests, right. and and that should be the objective. And therefore, the occurrence ranking is one of the ratings that, along with severity and sometimes detection, that helps you prioritize issues so that you can improve the design. Right. It's not an end result in itself. So that was one of the topics I brought up with the gentleman. Another one is: Do you do the occurrence from 
the failure mode or the cause. And I do it from the cause, and most standards now have, have come around to that, because yeah. causes can take you in different directions, and we want to know which of those causes is the big hitter or the biggest hitters, so you can address those. You can deal with causes in the... I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen or recommend anybody do it on the failure modes, the symptoms that you see directly. That's the kind of your lead in. Here's some function that's not working and we get this kind of behavior and it's, it's important or not important, dependent on severity. Yet it's always been intuitive to me anyway, that it's, there's multiple causes for any of these symptoms that you get, any of these modes, failures, things that you recognize on the outside. And but those are the things more importantly is those are the the causes are things I define those as those are the things you can deal with. You can design out or you can mitigate or you can, you know, um detect or do all kinds of other things to improve the design. Whereas the failure mode, you're shooting in the dark unless you know the causes. Precisely right, Fred, and that's exactly why you want to assign the occurrence to the cause so you can help prioritize. And you've said it really well, which is the cause is what you can address. Right. And if you get, because cause is really like in a design FME, it's a, it's a potential design deficiency. And if, if you also include the mechanism of failure, then you can do amazing things in the recommended actions to fix the problem, right. uh, especially if you've got the root cause. So that was the second paragraph had to do with, do you assign the occurrence to the failure mode or cause? And then the the third part of it is how do you, if we got all that in place, then how do you assess the occurrence ranking? And so I instructed the person to use three techniques, three inputs. One is field data, or if you're doing a process FME, like manufacturing data, mm -hmm. that's input. But I... Yeah, there's a caveat on that one, though. Oh, you know, yes, Carl. Exactly. You, you <laughs> have to be down to the cause. If it's yeah. just that screen's blank, well, then that's the mode. And that kind of bounds where you go, but there's multiple causes for that. So what do you... How do you it's got to be reasonable data. <laughs> it really does. And then that, and therein lies the rub on so much of this is because field data often is more of an accounting for warranty reimbursement or for some type of uh, uh, tracking mm -hmm. as opposed to root cause. Yep. And so you have to take that into account. So that's why I always say it's an input. The other caveat, in addition to what you said there, is that the usually the design has changed or there's new technology. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing an FMEA. Right. And and the, the fact that it's got new technology, new application, new environment, that changes how you consider or how you use the field data, because that failure mode may or may not be present in the new design, and or it may not be present in the same uh, failure rate. Right. So it's it's all input that 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 whole subject of field data. Well, at that point, it starts to become subjective uh, pretty quickly. Exactly. Quick. Exactly. And then the second uh, contribution is in the FMEA world, we have a column called prevention controls, design controls prevention or process controls prevention if it's a PFMEA. And those are the methods or actions that are currently in place to address the cause. And so the team has to 
consider that because if you've got really good methods in place on this particular product, then then as part of your product development, then the occurrence ranking is going to be lower than if you have really lousy prevention techniques in place. Yeah. See, I usually put that as a double line is because the prevention stuff I often see is we test, you know, sort at the end of the production line kind of thing, or, you know, we, we do ongoing reliability tests or we do this or that or the other thing. And sometimes there's filtering out and reworking a significant proportion of their products and that gets expensive. Yeah. It might be effective for them, uh, at an expense. So I, I say, well, if we take that away, what's the occurrence ranking? Oh, now this is a top hitter for us. This is, happens all the time. Well, how about we look at what we can do to design that out and avoid the cost of the sorting and prevention stuff you do later? Excellent. You know? Yeah, very, very good points because that then those will become recommended actions in the FMEA. Right. And so that kind of dialogue is, is really, really good. The third uh, input is how much of the design is new, like new technology, mm-hmm. new applications, new environments, because that inherently add, adds risk. And and so you have to take that into account. So yeah. if you're taking into account those three things, then you can sort of balance what the occurrence ranking will be. Go ahead. Well, you know, I almost never have data. <laughs> <laughs> with these things, but I have run into people that try to shove data into it. They take vendor fit rates or they open up mail handbook 217 and they fill it out that way. And I saw one of them like that. And I suspected they were doing that. So they had a hard number in there that then the software could go create a model for him. I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> for all kinds of reasons, but don't do that. But it's when you're in a room and somebody says, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I have a new technology and we really don't have experience or it's kind of like stuff we've used before, but we don't really know. And, and we're not really sure what's inside this little box that we're getting. Um, I'd look at the occurrence rating at that point is it's fuzzy or just unknown. And I tend to say, well, how bad could it be? And we don't know what's the upper range of that. And then it might be a on a 10 point scale, it might be seven or eight or nine or whatever. It's just unknown. And I find that capturing what we don't know in these ratings and not just occurrence, but any of them is a signal then for those action items that go say, well, we need not only to address this as a design issue, maybe, but we need to understand what's the real What's the risk here? How often will this likely occur? So as we build 100 prototypes, if every single one of those prototypes shows this particular cause, well, then, yeah, we probably really need to deal with that. But if none of them do, well, is that enough evidence that we don't need to deal with it? <laughs> you know, let's yeah, think no. about this, guys. But it's so it's not a failure rate. Is not the end goal I look at it for occurrence. One of them is, well, what do we know and don't know? How well do we understand this? If we got great field data and it's a slightly new application, but the combined knowledge of our engineering talent and experience is going, well, this is a low problem. You know, it's unlikely to occur for us and we're pretty certain of that. We give it a lower number. But if it's unknown, give it a higher number. And or it's, you know, we're taking a risk here going to this technology and we know that it has a higher than we expect failure rate 
you know, this cause, you know, we're putting in an assault water environment now. We got to deal with that. Um, we know it's going to be higher. Then you give it a higher number. It's not like, oh, it's 8.7 fit rate here and it's a Weibel oh. curve with this characteristic life over here. Now, <laughs> it's relative ranking of this is a, from our experience and all those inputs you talked about, this won't happen very often like once a year in all of our production. And this other one will happen every time we turn the product on. You yeah, got to rank it. You just got to force rank it into it. Because I've also seen the occurrence rating where they go, everything is a two because the table we're using says anything between X and Y, uh, which is a broad range, usually an order of magnitude type range. Well, everything we do is in that range. So everything's a two. And they're like, well, that's also not helpful <laughs> you know well yeah exactly fred so i'm i'm agreeing with a lot of what you say i have a few thoughts about it uh, first of all just to comment on the everything's a two i've seen those type of fmes and they talk themselves into it and it becomes a really simple answer but it doesn't add value right because the the whole point of the risk ratings like severity occurrence detection if you use detection is to differentiate to prioritize that that's the whole point of it. It's been yeah. that way for decades, and the people that think they can uh, extract a failure rate number, like you say, eight point five seven out of that or point zero, whatever, um, that is that violates the um, the reality of the validity of your input data. It, it kind of goes along that that conversation we had before we hit the record button on assumptions. Yeah, you're assuming that you can extract a failure rate number out of subjective information. And that that may is often a, a wrong assumption. Yeah. So let me just make a few comments uh, from what you said. Uh, first of all, and I know you weren't saying it's always one to 10, but I'm starting to align more to one to five scales. Mm -hmm. And I would state that, that we want to get the minimum number of gradations that are needed to differentiate the risk. Because oftentimes one to 10 adds more confusion because you don't need 10 gradations. And so I'm, I'm uh, more often than not now moving towards one to five as a, as gradations rather than one to 10. Yeah. And I know automotive has been a one to 10 forever. Well, it, I find I'm very flexible about whatever ranking is. And sometimes you find out that you're, you start with a one to 10 because somebody said, well, that's the, the training we all got was based on that kind of scale. Here's our starting point. But then I find out that it's like, well, that's in the one to two range, or that's in a two to three, you know, three to four range, or that's in a nine to 10 range. And it ends up being a five point scale anyway, except yeah. when we get a whole pile of them in seven eights. And I'm like, all right. And so they're not, they're not all eights. <laughs> Which of these are lesser eights? And let's make them sevens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? well, and you're, you're a good facilitator. So you're going to be able to navigate that, whatever the scale is, you're going to get to the, to the the place that adds value. Yeah, I should mention that if if they want to do everything as a two, all right, let's add a decimal to that. And yeah. most engineers can deal with that. All right, it's a two point right. one or two point seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole idea is to prioritize. The other comment is a new technology. You know, if you're doing a lot of startup work or companies that are dealing with lots of new technology, then it's going to be subjective. Yeah. And even even if it's subjective, I still want to get the right people in the room. So I want to have subject matter experts that really understand their 
their their stuff. And then I want to ask them, how worried are you about this? Yeah. Uh, have you ever, rarely is it so new that they've never done anything like it or they haven't even seen anything like it. Right. And so I want to get the, a sense for how worried they are about it and then use that to help put it on the scale somewhere. Well, that, yeah, that reminds me. I mean, it's not much reminding. I did this yesterday um, with a client and it was fun is they sent me a prototype. I got to play with it a bit and I'm going to take it apart. It's my next step. Um, <laughs> but they got me on the phone yesterday with one of their engineers that was kind of doing the CAD flyby, which is just magic to me is, you know, well, we don't need to see that. We need to look at this. Let's rotate that. And it's all these colors and wires and tubes and everything going around. And it, it's fascinating going through a, a CAD drawing when somebody really knows what they're doing with it. And, Mm-hmm. And it was, well, wait a second. How many of those do you have in here? What's that orientation? How long is that throw for that weight you're suspending there? What about, <laughs> and we were on the phone for three hours and they were just taking notes left, right, and center. And it was, it reminded me a lot of an FMEA where, you know, somebody knowledgeable with the technologies involved just takes another look at it. So it was quasi review process, but it was just, walking through and a lot of questions of like, well, what about this area? What keeps you up at night at this? What makes you, what concerns you about that? And then they would ask me that question and say, here's the, you know, theory of operation of this thing. Here's our drawing of it. What do you think? And he says, that's great. And we went back and it, it wasn't trying to, and it was really aimed at increasing awareness of where to go look. And, and it, it may feed into an FMEA at some point or another, but they were going, hmm, didn't think of that. We, we, we need to go figure it out if that's going to be a problem or not. Very and, high level FMEA. Just, yeah. What keeps you up at night is a great question. I mean, that's essentially what's the failure mode is usually expressed in that way, or it could be an effect. Yep. Uh, let me just summarize then. So this the answer back to this uh, reader, uh, field data, you can use it as input. If you have data, that's great. But the main thing is to understand the limitations. And so, like you pointed out, uh, the, the data may not get to root cause and often doesn't, or the data may not be relevant if the design has changed. Mm-hmm. And so that so field data is one thing as an input, but be, be careful about it. Uh, the second is, is what controls do you have in place today? And like you mentioned, they may be good controls or bad controls, or they may be controls that can be improved, uh, but you want to understand what they are at least, because mm-hmm. that'll inf- help to inform occurrence, but also, as you pointed out, will help to inform recommended actions. And the third is to have a really good understanding, and this is, of course, by having the right team, how much new technology there is, new applications, and of course, don't forget new environments, yep. because that'll affect the occurrence. And remember, it's it can be subjective, and it often is, and it usually is in a design FMEA, because you're making changes to your previous designs, and so it's going to be a, a subjective in nature, but it's all for the purpose of risk prioritizing. So that kind of summarized my answer to the reader mm-hmm. on the subject, and I thought that might be interesting to share with uh, listeners. Yeah. Now, I would add one more point to your three is that remember the purpose of these ratings and rankings is to separate them. It's not to find the absolute number. It's really not. It's to think of it more of a forced ranking of how often is this cause likely to occur. And 
So it's it's not to provide 8.37 whatever units you want. It really is not that point. And I've seen teams get so wrapped around the axle around trying to get the absolute number and they go off doing all this research to find a fit rate for a, a small LED. And I'm like, and really? then they make make assumptions to be able to use calculations and shape parameters and what have you. Yeah. And they spend hours doing that. And I'm like, this is something we're never going to look at again. You know, yeah. it's it's such a low risk. And it even if it does fail, it's not a big deal. It's like, move on. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Um, but yeah, it's so anyway, no, I'm glad you got the question. It's it's always fun to dive in on those things i like bouncing the you know techniques we each use to do these things to see if i'm off in left field which i usually am oh no <laughs> love to hear from people about this but how do you do a currents ranking uh what do you run into and and uh how what else do you want to know about it that's right and let us know over at ascendoreliability.com slash go slash sor and carl and i and the other hosts of the show are available through linkedin and through our about pages and even on the articles and podcast episodes in the comments field i often forget about that one and we get i think that's where you're getting some of these questions is absolutely and i think you even you cheat a little bit you have this ask carl a question kind of thing ask me anything kind of thing i do yeah but all good. Thanks for the question. And thanks, Carl, for bringing it over. And, and uh, we got the chance to expand on that a bit. That's great. All right. See you later, Fred. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.